Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, celebrity customers are like manna from heaven for fashion brands that are looking to make a name for themselves in the industry. But that is exactly what happened for My Name is Ted. Brendan McAvoy from The Business, My Name is Ted, joins me now to discuss how he and his wife Cassia are achieving growth with their luxury brand. Brendan, you might start by providing us with an insight into yourself and Cassia's backgrounds and how you both met. Good morning, Carl. Thanks very much for having me on. Well, my background was as a youngster, I was an aspiring musician. So I always had a bit of creativity in writing songs. And my career, I spent mostly in telecommunications, in corporate acquisition or sales. And Kasia was a qualified lawyer in Poland, and she moved to Ireland about 14 years ago. And she, she started working, running a construction company in the boom in the office. And then she worked with Ryanair as their head of marketing for the Eastern European countries. But we met in about 11 years ago. And it was, uh, it was a chance meeting uh, on New Year's Eve at a friend's dinner party. And from there, we, uh, we obviously fell in love, Carol, and got married. But the business <laughs> came after uh, the marriage. Great. Lovely story, I have to say. Now, Brendan, talk to us about the business. What is My Name is Ted? So My Name is Ted is an Irish luxury leather goods, um, so bags and accessories business. It was inspired by my grandfather, Ted Carberry, who in the 1950s made leather goods using his mouth and left hand. And it was at a, a dinner in my mum's house, actually, that we discovered five years ago that he, uh, he did so in that way. And Kasia was just flabbergasted. And we went on a quest of making a tribute bag um, to kind of commemorate the tradition that was in the family. So my name is Ted, is trying to build something to an uncompromising level. Um, and just ultimate practicality as well. So talk to us about your current product range. So we started out with men's products, and the first collection was a traditional kind of doctor's briefcase, but it converted into a backpack. A messenger that was modeled off my grandfather's converted again to a backpack, and the magic wallet. And the magic wallet was really the kind of moment where we went, we've something now because the wallet sold exceptionally well. And it was at a time, I think, when men's wallets being minimalist, small enough for the front pocket, but secure enough to carry your cash and cards was going through a surge. And that really showed us that there was something we could build upon. And then from there, we naturally, after about 18 months, we were really confident in our suppliers in everybody we worked with we ventured into to ladies' collections. So we introduced our first ladies' bags, which was called the door bag collection. And there are four pieces within that, uh, a purse and three different size bags. And this year is very much about uh, more, more product development, but kind of collections coming all in one piece and all of them launching within a couple of weeks of each other. Um, our biggest product to date came last year, actually, which was Handy Sand which is a luxury personal hand sanitizer holder that comes with a reusable, recycled uh, spray bottle. And, Brendan, how would you describe your ultimate clientele? What's your sweet spot target market? Like we've, most of our customers is in Ireland currently, I suppose, we're an Irish brand, so about 70% of our business is based here. And of that, about 70% of that are female clients. 
Um, so we welcome everybody, obviously, Carol, as they say, but our customers are around 30 and above. Um, you know, they are people who like something that's highly fashionable, of great quality, but also very functional. And how do you access that particular market and influence them? It's taken time. So we understand how to present or access and get to our customers a lot better now than we did in the earlier days. Um, so a lot of it is via social media. Um, we were in Brown Thomas last year, so that did a huge amount for the validation of the brand and also to visibility of the brand via PR and print media and traditional means. Um, so we work, with, we work with various professionals that we like how they operate and most of it's focused online and specifically now or particularly in COVID times, that's more important than ever. But what COVID has done is people are purchasing products like ours online more than they were anyway. So now there is more trust for emerging brands like us than there would have been if retail was in full operation. So in in ways, it's had a positive effect for us. And I believe that Laura Whitmore, of course, the presenter of Love Island, was seen wearing one of your bags. What impact did this have on the brand? That was huge because that got coverage across some of the major print magazines in the UK. Um, It was a mutual friend from the music industry knows both of us and uh, had mentioned the brand to her and she said, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to have one of the pieces. And of course, we jumped straight to it. And I think she got the bag on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And that Saturday, we saw the, uh, the, the Times magazine had Laura Whitmore with Adele sitting beside her at London Fashion Week. Um, so it gets a lot of excitement and a lot of people wondering who are these guys. Um, so it all helps piece by piece, you know. And are you currently selling the products outside of Ireland? And if so, what percentage of your overall sales can be attributed to that? Yeah, so it's all like we're a digital first business and um, that's pretty much always been our strategy. But we do really value retail. 30% of our sales are overseas and of that 30%, the majority are into the US, Canada, UK um, and some mainland Europe countries as well. And are you using any of the marketplace websites to sell your products overseas? We're doing it directly. The reason we like direct is because we, one, we have control over the logistics and the experience, the customer journey. Um, we're not, like marketplaces are hugely important. Um, we have tested some in the past, but we're finding a, a better conversion from our own website and our own social targeted advertising on Google AdWords as well. I take it from you that COVID has been positive for the business because of the increase in online sales. But how did you adapt the business as a result of the pandemic? It was very uncertain times for all Irish businesses, I think, and especially anybody making a product. Um, I didn't know if people were still going to use wallets. You know, at the earlier stages of COVID, people were taking just the bare necessities, a bit of hand sanitizer and a bank card in their pocket, and that was about it. But we decided let's try and come up with something that is fit for the here and now, but would last beyond or still be usable and fashionable beyond. So Kasha came up with the idea for HandySan. And I think that was a Saturday. I designed it on the Sunday. We had samples uh, made on Monday and back here in Ireland by Thursday. The product was launched within a couple of weeks and it, it has been our number one selling product. So during COVID, we came up with that product. It was the only product we launched last year. And it's elevated the business and and attracted people in from that journey of beginning with purchasing maybe a small accessory like HandySan 
to possibly leading to a bigger purchase like a bag. Our business grew 4x last year with online sales. And I'd like to speak to you about your new product development process. Now, you gave us an example of Handy Sam and the agile and speed to market that you had with that particular product. But in general, when you're out there looking to develop a new product, have you any principle or approach or process that you run through? My main feature in designing is to tell stories through luxury. So our heritage is a story, but that translates into how our brand functions today. With the new collection we're launching in July, every single piece within the collection tells part of the story. So there are three different bag styles for women, and each of them tell a story. The accessories that go with them emulate some of the characters as such in the story, and it all pieces together to tell this story, but whilst functioning in a really practical way. Um, And I also want to make sure that men are getting as much priority as women because men have been underserved in the luxury space. It's been very traditional, which is great, but the function of men's bags and accessories tends to be more with nylon canvases. So we're trying to bring men with the same focus as women. And Brendan, what's the big goal over the next five years for My Name is Ted? So we're staying patient. As long as we're growing each year and the feedback from our customers is that they're happy, um, we want to make sure in five years' time that we're, we're still in the game. But our ultimate goal is to be recognised as a global luxury brand. Um, like Waterford Crystal did it in the past. You couldn't turn on a Hollywood movie without some reference to the product or some product from Waterford Crystal in the actual movie itself. So we want to re-establish Ireland as a, a phenomenal place for luxury leather goods. Um, so, but we're going to do it step by step and we see the US market as, long, as well as the Irish market as hugely important in that growth. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Brendan McAvoy from My Name is Ted and I wish them every success with growing their prominence in the bag and accessory market. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. South-